one of the things that I have had in my playbook, had as a post-it note on my computer for two years is not just what if it were easy, but how easy am I willing to allow something to be? Okay, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited to have my guest on today. She is certainly an unstoppable woman herself. She's also one of my clients and she's a program coach in our Spirit of Wealth um, program and she's the total badass all around. Her name is Erin Marcus and I brought her on the show because we like to do spotlights of the women who have gone through the journey to, to make a quantum leap. And the idea is to help you understand and to pull out some nuggets from their story, their journey of what they did, the challenges that they faced. You know, they're going to be sharing the vulnerabilities of what's happened along the way, because it's not all, as I like to say, you know, peaches and cream or unicorns and rainbows or whatever you want to say there. It, there's some challenges to, to growth, but we can make it easier. And I, I just love the, the, that Erin's been willing to come on to the show and share her journey. So welcome, Erin Marcus. Thank you so, so much. Excited to be here. And yeah, I mean, I love sharing not the dirty underbelly, but the truth so that people know it's not just all puppies and rainbows and unicorns, but it's all still possible. Yes. Right. You need to hold the inspiration, but you also have to recognize that there is, there's getting your hands dirty and, and digging in and, and you've had a lot of that. So I, I always like to start with the before, like, where were you? You tell, tell the audience a little bit about your background, because you have a background of a lot of success. Um, you were, you were doing your own thing. And then there was a little bit of a blip and then we started working together and, and like set the frame of, the, of yeah, the uh, down and dirty quick, quick version of that is my fancy title before I left corporate was senior vice president of business development for the largest long-term care insurance wholesaler in the country. And my, right, right. Fancy title. So nobody outside the industry understands what that means. But what it meant was that I put regional and national relationships together for our company with banks, broker dealers, financial planning groups, and then went and trained the folks within those companies to grow their businesses. And right. then in 2012, I left that much to the chagrin of my mother and bought a franchise which went really, really well. I got to the top 10 in um, out of 200 offices in maybe 18 months because I knew how to run a business, but it was a franchise model. I was selling something someone else created. I had 15 employees and I hit a point where I knew it couldn't grow anymore for a variety of socioeconomic reasons. And I could kind of see the light, the writing on the wall that this was not A, a good financial path, but B, a path that I wanted to follow. And through both of those situations, one of my common themes was having helped other people grow their business. I did it in corporate. I did it for the franchise once they saw my success. And I knew because by then I had seen business coaches that it was a much more flexible opportunity for me in, a, in terms of lifestyle. So in 2017 is when I sold, closed, dismantled a variety of things 
for that business. And now looking back, I now fondly didn't feel like it in the moment called 2018 Aaron's year of failure. I mean, like nothing worked, nothing worked. 2018 was when you decided I'm going to go out on my own, not do the franchise, do my own business. And you, you were hitting a wall. You were hitting a wall is like an understatement. It just didn't work. Everything I tried when I look back was had nothing to do with me. It wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't what I should have been focusing on. It wasn't the way I needed. Everything I knew about building a business went right out the window when I tried to make it my business instead of someone else's business. Interesting. So the, do you think this was about ego or do you think this was about, I don't know, I, I didn't actually know some of the key pieces of running your own business? I what think it was about. So honestly, I met you that summer. We didn't start working together for about a year after that, but we stayed in contact. But I met you that summer. And one of the things you said to me when I met you at another event, we were chatting because I was so frustrated. I was closing $3 million deals in my corporate world. I was doing hundreds of thousands of dollars in business in an industry other people could barely squeak by on. And I couldn't do this. And what you said to me then, just as we were chatting at the event was, how come you can do it for someone else, but you can't do it for yourself? Meaning those sales, meaning, yeah, right? That's what you said, you know, think about that. And I think that's a lot of what it was. That once it was Aaron's flag in the saying, you know, <laughs> right? Once it was my shingle, then, all of the insecurities, all of the confusion, because for me, the journey has been so much about who you're being. I have an MBA in marketing and leader. I know how to grow a business, the tactics. But if you can't be the person to do the plan, the plan doesn't matter. Right. So you really latched on to the teaching that, that, uh, that we do in the spirit of wealth and all the, all the coaching around how to change your self-image, how to change your identity so that you're, you're no longer stuck with an old self-image, an old identity that says you can only be so much. And it sounds a little like uh, ambiguous, but it really like this is what I do with all my clients and it's what creates the breakthrough because for, for many women they're just like you I mean they might not have the same exact experience but they're tactically knowledgeable like you you have an MBA in marketing you know how to do business for someone else but when it came to your you know what happens if they reject me right what right. happens if I show up and I'm visible in my business and and someone says boo to me what does that mean? And how do I become a person for whom, you know, I can still be uh, compassionate, loving, open, supportive, all of those things, but also not let someone else's response or reaction or money story or freak out affect your sense of self. So with that as the context, can you give the audience some uh, concrete, because it is ambiguous sometimes, like that sounds good, but what does that really look like on the ground? 
a, a specific way that showed up in your business that had a direct effect on your bottom line? I knew in the back of my mind that I could do what I was claiming I could do for people. But I couldn't bring myself to charge for it. I was so busy giving it away, right? Giving so much of it away because I needed to prove, I, you know, the insecurity, that insecurity that you're worth charging for what you know, and instead you just give it all away for free so that you never have to ask the question, will you pay for my, for me? And it was, I think one of the things that made it harder was all the corporate success. Because how come I could easily sell something in a framework that existed of a company and yet I couldn't charge. I mean, I had a great career. I could walk into the room and knew everybody and had all the confidence and all of a sudden it was gone. So you feel there's this dual problem of feeling like the rug's been pulled out from under you because you didn't see that coming. And then at the same time, it affected my bottom line because I was underpricing. I was avoiding a sales conversation. I was giving everything away to prove to myself that I knew what I was talking about and just never getting to a sales conversation. So it, you know, we can't pick one way it showed up and affected my bottom line because it showed up in every way. Absolutely. It's such a key thing. I mean, this is, you know, when I teach sales and, and we did a lot of work on sales, there's, there's a, a strategy, there's, a, there's tactical things. For me, it's all about asking the right questions and really listening to make sure it's a good fit. But there, that's a strategy, right? It's not manipulation, but you need to know what, what kinds of questions to ask and then you have to be someone who actually asks those questions with that energy behind, behind the questions of support, I can help you, impression of increase, um, this, is, this is a win, and, and be so confident in who you are and what you deliver that people magnetically want to work with you. Like It's not such a, a hard sell when you're selling something that is um, so oftentimes intangible, like business coaching, right? So, and I thought I was doing that and I was doing that to some extent in sales, in business, but the other thing that would, in, in my corporate experiences, but the other thing that would mess it all up for me was the approach. And it's like, I knew this in my head, but before I could actually act on it, the approach that you learn to be successful in corporate kind of kills you as an entrepreneur. That headstrong, you know, especially because I was in such a male-dominated field. It was just go harder, be more direct, go harder. Right, and, and here's the nuance that I think people, especially women, need to hear and, and really have a drop in. It's not, okay, well, I don't need to do that. I'm gonna go, not gonna go put the work ethic in, put the, the, the hours in. I'm gonna stare at my belly button and like imagine 
the money coming in. Now I'm all for visualization and I'm all for, for using the power of your imagination because it's one of your, your five mental faculties that really, six mental faculties, excuse me, that, that really like help you actualize. But that is not at the, uh, in absence of putting in the effort, but it's, it's a, if, if hard work is your only tactic, that's, that doesn't work. So let's, let's go to the after story here, Erin. Sure. So you've done, and you still do just like me, a ton of work on, you know, changing your identity, moving through the, the, the blocks and, and really seeing what aspect of your self image has to change. You've been in the process of doing that for what, a year and a half now, something like that. It's just two, it's just over two years, just over, two years. Okay. Yeah, just over two years. So um, what's, what's gotten to happen as a result of that? Like give people the, the, the tangible result so that they don't think it's just fluff. It's just fluff. It is so not just fluff. The tangible result is, you know, the pure number. So 2018 was Aaron's year of failure. I made $11,000. I don't even know, looking back, how I made $11,000, right? It was that bad. I'm like, I don't even know how I pulled, what did I even sell that got me that much money? Um, can, can we pause there for a second? Because this is a big deal for people who move from corporate to working for themselves. Most people get stuck in Aaron's year of failure and go back to corporate. Okay. Because be, just simply because this is a thing, you guys, this is a, you're not alone in this. Aaron wasn't alone in this. She thought she was alone in this, but she isn't. <laughs> felt like it. <laughs> it felt like it. But that's where most people make a U-turn. If this is you, you have a decision in front of you. You need to either figure out how to change this. We've talked a little bit about how to do this. Okay. And, and there's a methodology to it. It's not, it's not magic. Okay. It's not woo. There's a methodology to, it. or don't do that and, and turn around and go right back to corporate where, where you are successful. There's no shame in that. Okay. If you hate that, if that's abhorrent to you, if, if that is unacceptable to you, then you have to choose option A, which is figuring out how to do it differently. And, and that's what I love to teach, but like, know that you have the choice. You don't have to, you don't have to suffer. You can go back to corporate and feel extraordinarily proud because that's your lane and that's what you're successful at. Okay. And I knew I could have gotten a job at that point. I could have still made one phone call and gotten, I left, it wasn't just leaving corporate. It was leaving six figures plus an expense account. And now I'm making $11,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, <laughs> it's a bit of a shock, right? But instead of giving up, I just was trying to take all the information I was getting from what wasn't working. And now I realize I did that to figure out what should I actually be doing. So there was two sides to it. Number one, what was the data I was getting about what I was trying to do that wasn't working as far as what I was offering and what was be a better business for me? So that's business model. So that's the, right, the business model. And then the other piece was, how was I thinking about everything? And so in 2019, I really didn't figure out the business, the new business model came about in, I think it was like April of 2019. Actually it was, that was when I got my first paying client in conquer your business. Okay. I don't know that it was called conquer your business until maybe June or July, but in what is now conquer your business. And so I made $60,000 in 2019. 
And I, right. It's when I started working with you, it's when I started learning because this was completely new to me, the, the laws of success. Like I had no frame of reference for this. I was trying to read about it on my own. And even with a journalism degree, didn't understand the words as they were strung together. Like I could read I, individually. I know the definitions of these words, but I don't understand what they're talking about. Absolutely. So let me, let me make a little commentary on that. First, $60,000 from 11,000, you six times your income. Okay. Like that, that's not insignificant. I know she was just starting at a very low, low 11,000, but it's still, she did something that, you know, like she, she did um, a monster leap for, for where she was at. Okay. Not compared to corporate, but compared to where she was at in that first year. And then the second thing that I want to acknowledge is that there was something in the truth in, in what you were hearing me talk about in terms of universal laws and laws of success, I use those terms interchangeably, um, that hit a level of truth with you, even though at the time before we started working, you, you had a little bit of a bit of knowledge about it, but before we started working again, it, it was like mumbo jumbo to you. And, and this is because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting here in conjecture, but I think this is because you're, you're, uh, a very left brain logic based person. And that has really um, been a tool for you. It's what's what, where you've gotten a lot of your, your past success from and gotten you to where you wanted to, to get to in the past, but it wasn't getting you further. And you knew there was something in this. Something was in there, right? Yeah. So before you go on with your journey, can we do a little, um, tangent here a little windy road down that path of do you remember in the beginning like what was it that sparked your interest around the universal laws and the laws of success that made you even though you were confused by them made you think I need to pursue this was it I simply think, because I held space for them and I was like you have to you have to learn these or was there like a truth in there that you hooked onto I think it was two things I think number one had to do with what I saw you doing. So I knew a little bit about your backstory. I knew a little bit about your corporate success. I knew enough to know, okay, this is someone who's been where I've been and is on her way to where I want to go, but she's way ahead of me in that journey. And I watched you do some things in that year where we were just connected that I couldn't do where you were showing up consistently and I wasn't, where you were doing things even when it felt like nobody was watching and I wasn't, where you were trying different things to see how they worked and I was still being more timid, which is not my normal, but was at that point. So there was that side of it. And then the other side of it was my thought process around religion, which I'm not, a God person. I'm not a organized religion person, but I do have a spiritual aspect. So I've always known and have been not on an active search, but I've always known there was a way we were connected. There was a way that energy was connected. I'm very much in the natural world as far as my work with wildlife and being out in nature. And that's how I make sense of the world. And the talk, talking about what I was hearing about universe, the bits and pieces that I could make heads or tails of 
seemed to have aligned with what I was instinctively feeling, but not knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. And for me, you know, I use the word God now having been brought up in a a completely non-religious upbringing. And that I've embraced that because I don't, I, I don't participate in a religious practice, but I participate in a spiritual practice. And that word has come to mean something to me that makes sense. But I also understand that there are many people for whom that word um, triggers them. So for some people, it's like, that is my word, right? They've, grow, they've grown up with the love of God and religion, and they, 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 they tap into the way I, I speak about this. But for other people, it's like, what the heck are you talking about? So I talk about spirituality and spirit and source and universe and all the energy that is and infinite intelligence and and I know you've been challenged with that over time but but you have been able to make it your own which is really powerful because I'm not triggered by organized religion it's more like I I'm I so don't get it that it's blank for me Mm. It's not, you know, that's great. If that's what I know, my boyfriend used to go to church every week. My brother is married to someone. His kids go to Catholic school. They go to church every week. So it's not like it's a bother. You know, I'm not triggered and it's not bothersome, but it also did nothing for me. Yeah. So finding that middle ground. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. So like finish the journey. So So that year you get to 60K. What's next? What's next is... So yeah, we were working privately, but joining the spirit of wealth where I was now like, all right, let's learn this. And that first, um, so that first January, wherever we were, who remembers at this point, um, it was called, yes, that's where we were, um, to hear the teachings about this, like, And I think one of the smart things I did in retrospect, because it is my, this is the way I do things. So it worked out well in this case. It was an amazing retreat and I had my eyes open to so many things, but being a novice, and this is what I, as a program coach, this is what I try to help people just entering your program do. Instead of choosing to go, oh my God, there's so much information here. I picked one thing. I literally picked one law and I was going to study that one law until I felt it was intrinsic for my thinking. That's a good strategy. Which law did you pick? I I picked law of relativity. What stories am I telling myself? Yeah. Absolutely. What meaning are you ascribing to this situation? And, and, and from what perspective do you believe that that is the just, the right, the only perspective? And how could it be, you know, law of relativity says nothing is big or small, good or bad until you make it so by comparing it to something else. What are you comparing it to? Okay. It helped me get rid of the I suck mentality. Yeah. Huge. Which was where I still was at because I wasn't instantly hitting the success that had always come so easy to me in so many different places. And if you keep saying to yourself, I suck, or in this case, like 
I'm not where I want to be. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. This is how you're comparing yourself, right? This is what you're, you're, you're saying the, the relative yardstick is instead of recognizing it's a totally different game, right? And, and comparing yourself to where you were yesterday, right? Like, have I grown? What's my win today, right? We do so yeah, much on wins. you know, yeah. the wins and what's my win today? Because as an entrepreneur, you always want more, right? Like I just had, I'm, I'm going off on a little story here, but I just had a, a leadership meeting yesterday with my, my team and we start off with wins um, each time. And, you know, I put my wins down, Michelle puts her wins down, Tiffany puts her wins down, Amy puts her wins down, all of that sort of stuff. And, and um, Tiffany, I was reading out the, the wins and we were like acknowledging and Tiffany made a comment about how quickly we had done, like one of the wins was we went from idea to execution and implementation and being done on something in like five days flat, okay? And I was like, oh yeah, we did that. I, I was on to the freaking next thing. Right. And I, I hadn't taken the, that moment to really acknowledge, look at what a badass team we have. Look at how how agile we are and how we can implement so so quickly and and how we, you know, we got this done. And so that this this idea of what you're comparing it to, to use, law of relativity, to use this as a teaching point, you know, if you're always comparing where you're at right now to everything that needs to get done, all the stuff that you want to accomplish versus what you have accomplished, you're going to feel lesser than. You feel like a constant failure. Yeah. Because you never get there. Correct. And, and there's this fine harmony between a certain amount of urgency and motivation from, I've got some big goals that I'm behind on that I need to execute on. And acknowledgement of we're slaying, just stay the course, keep consistent, go forward, let's do this. And, and that, again, this is law of relativity. What's your perspective gonna be and how can you fine tune that? So I love that, I love that. And have you picked different laws on? Uh, yeah, so I think the second law, so, okay, so that was the beginning of 2020. And you know, to fast forward for people as far as what the outcome of 2020 was, was in about December 15th of 2020, I figured out I was $92 shy of doubling my income. And that was not going to be okay. So I went and sold a ticket to an event so that, that I was having in January. So that, because that was just way too close. Um, Did you hear that guys? Two things, three things probably. One, She's tracking her numbers. Like I oh teach my clients, make love to the, your numbers. Like, and, and that, that means so many different things, but know where you stand so that you don't wake up on January 5th and go, I was 92 freaking dollars away from doubling. That would have been unacceptable. Okay. Two, she found that unacceptable. Like she, was, she, she wasn't gonna be like, oh, $92, I got there. No, she had a, like, it, she, she knows like what done is. Okay. She knows what her goals are and what done is. And she's holding a standard for herself. And then she got creative and did one small sale and, and got over the, the, the line, making her like a, an unstoppable person. And when you keep your commitments to yourself, you create uh, an impression in your subconscious mind of someone who does that and it becomes easier and easier and easier 
as you go forward, if you keep your commitments to yourself, and these are daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, right? And, and she had the, the metrics to know she wasn't going to make it. And she had the wherewithal to be, I am someone who's going to keep her commitment. And she did it. So booyah. Love and that. The, the other thing I picked up, I think this was next because I have like a couple page cheat sheet. Well, you know, two things, two other things happened that I put together and really focused on that year. One of the things was when we did an exercise about using your imagination to remember, how do you say it? To remember in advance. Yeah. Yeah. And that exercise really helped me because what I did was I created a, what became a vision. And I would, I'd always told myself this story that I can't hold a five-year vision, too much changes, you know, obviously just a story, whatever. But when we did the remember in advance, I got out of my way in that tactic, how, how, how am I going to do it? And created a vision of who is the person who has the half a million dollar business, et cetera, et cetera. And now I use that as a checklist every day. It's a checklist. What does that person do? Is this and, your creation playbook? Yes. Yeah. I added it to the creation playbook. Yeah. And the other piece that came in big in 2020 was the law of sacrifice. Yeah. How did you use that? That's a big one for people. People freak out with the law of sacrifice. They think that they're going to have to sacrifice their firstborn and, 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 you know, do hor you know, emotionally horrible things. No. Um, and, and right. And instead of embracing how freaking exciting it really is, because I print out my playbook every month. I update it. I print it out and I write all over it so that by the end of the month, it's like a hot mess, right? But what that does for me is it allows me to catch the nuances in the language that aren't being as clear as I want them to be, that aren't being quite the effect that I want them to have. And you don't pick that up all at once. And I personally don't pick it up digitally. So I need it. In Absolutely. So, so a couple points on that. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about in terms of the creation playbook, I, I'm not pitching this program, but I want you to have context. It's, it's one of the foundational pieces in the spirit of wealth program that we have. And it helps you not only change your belief structure and change your self-image and identity, but really clarify your, really clarify your goals for the year and break them down into 30, 60, 90 day goals and habits. And it's a whole methodology for, I'm going to pause this because my dog is barking. Well, hey, it's hey, the, the cat's in the bathroom on this end. If your dog's barking, my dog's sleeping. We'll see what happens. <laughs> groceries have been delivered is what that means. Okay. For everyone in podcast land, that's what that noise is. But anyways, that, that's the context of what we're talking about. And then the second thing that I want to pull out from something specific that Aaron said is that it's an iterative process. It's not one and done. Yes, we create a playbook and build on it every month. So it's, it's, it's clarified, done. You have things really clear for yourself. But as you move through, you are growing every day and your level of awareness is growing every day. So you want to recognize where something is outdated and it might change in a split freaking second for you when a new awareness drops in and you have to do that iteration. And, and some of it really is amazingly split second because um, I laugh now as I'm cleaning things up and I look at what my law of sacrifice or my different things that I'm focusing on were 
a year ago, even three months ago. And now I look at it and go, why did I have that in there? Because it so doesn't even land. Yeah, it's gone now. It's just gone. You've evolved so, so much so quickly. And so that was another one that I picked up on really about doing things that don't serve me in a variety of different ways to replace them with things that serve the outcome. Great. And so that's what I really, that was probably the big focus. And for me, you know, again, that corporate background where it did help me is I was very excited when I saw the playbook because a corporate version of the goals part is how I've been functioning for 20 years. So to add the mindset work in the same framework as the tactical effort just made so much sense to me. Totally. Totally. So a couple things there in your description of the law of sacrifice and how you were using it, you're also using the law of cause and effect at the same time concurrently. And, and this is such an important piece when people study the laws and apply them that we speak of them separately so that we can have some structure and, and but they all ultimately work together as a matrix, as one law really. Um, and, and that law of cause and effect in order to know what to sacrifice you need to know, you need to back engineer, if you will, like, what are the causes that I need to put into effect? And these causes are giving me this result. And this is not the result I want. So I'm going to excise those causes and, and fill them with something else. So there there's that. So as a result of that, I have lots of things to talk to you about, (laughs) but let's keep with this um, journey piece, which is, you know, as a result of doing that, what has gotten to happen for you in 2021 now? So in 2021, I think now. So 2020, when, 2020 you ended at 120 a year. So yeah. from 11K to 60K to 120. Okay. Yeah. So it feels now that so much of it is just coming together so much more quickly to the point where I I had to take a moment and not be disappointed because in the beginning at the first retreat, this was so mind blowing that by my third retreat, I was sad that it wasn't mind blowing until I realized that that was part of the problem I was always having was I, everything needed to be a big deal in order to be a big deal. Right. And it was like, no, just be grateful for the fact that I've now, now I can handle talking about several of the laws together. How do they come together? Um, without having to like look words up in the dictionary type of problem, right? Like, oh, okay, got it. And when things drop in and you are gonna laugh at me on this one because this was one of those like, all right, Erin, really it took you this long to figure this out, but it's true. Like there's so much noise that some things don't drop in as easily as they do once there's less noise. And so law of polarity was what I, focused on this past January. And I remember you said it and I'm like, yeah, I don't get that one. I just don't get that one. I don't get that one. I'd ignored it because I didn't get it. 
And you kind of like literally one or two words different in how you talked about it. And like, all right, I got that one now. But let me just pause you there. I'm sure I said basically the same thing. <laughs> you, you are at a different level of awareness. Okay. And, and this is a big freaking deal. You see things. It's one of the things I teach at the summit. You've seen that picture of like going up the elevator in the building and you see like what you see from the ground level and what you see from the fifth floor are totally different. And when you go from the fifth floor to the 10th floor, you can now see past those other small buildings and you can see the ocean in the distance. And when you go up to the 20th floor, you can see the island in the ocean in the distance, right? And when you go up even higher, you can connect to the freaking world, okay? And so I, that analogy, like there's no top floor, okay? And what Aaron has done and, and is walking the talk on is she keeps coming back and iterating so now she sees something differently and it drops in in an instant and you're closing the gap faster on on that so the funny thing like how you're talking about how once you have the base and that's kind of just how i think about it i created the base i did the work to create the base like in 2019 for that second half of the year where i was working with you a little bit it was an introduction and 2020 was really this base of knowledge, right? And this year, that base allows me to move more quickly as things drop in. And so I just came to be with you for a living room session. And now I just look for one nugget. What's my one takeaway? What's my one takeaway? Because at this point, one takeaway can make a really big difference. I mean, it can all, one takeaway can always make a really big difference, but one of the things that I have had in my playbook, had as a post-it note on my computer for two years is not just what if it were easy, but how easy am I willing to allow something to be? But here's the problem, here's the problem. I never knew what the heck I was talking about. I was, for two years, I have been waiting for a task to make things easier task yes yes and seriously like as i'm as we were sitting outside and talking i'm like erin you you know i'm a little brutal with my language sometimes like okay we'll just say erin you dork which was not what came out of my mouth in my own head and this is my new post-it note on my computer right now easy is a perception not a task Yes. Yes. Absolutely. This is like, this is the change your attitude, change, change your perspective, right? Like it's not, it, it's like, is the monkey on my back or, or am I, am I going forward? Am I choosing this? Is this what I choose? Is this what I love? All of this. And, and I have been so busy trying, isn't that crazy? I have been so busy creating trying, to try and more work to try to make things easier. Oh, when all I, it just dropped in differently. I love it. And I went through my playbook and everything in there about it being easy had to do with it in the future. Oh, great nugget though, right? Right. Like 
and let me break down break that down for the audience because they might not get the the implication there they might but like when you're seeing something as happening in the future the future is always the future you never get there you never arrive so you have to put things in the present now not later okay please continue and that it's just a thought not a thing to do better yeah it's not, you know, it's not a task it's not a checkbox on the to-do list it's the how you're doing it and the thing that changes how you're doing it is who you're being okay so that's a huge evolution there really great so what's happened financially so far for you so i am now on track to well here's the deal it is um september i am on track to double again which is now last year at 120 was not past my corporate salary um but 240 will be yeah. and quite honestly there's not really a reason to not hit the 300 stretch goal there really isn't a reason to not there's a plenty of time i have the ideas i now get how it's easy um <laughs> and here's the other thing that to put this full circle for people one of my big 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 challenges that i'm still always up against is making myself wrong yeah. right how can i make myself wrong and what you know that i'm doing it wrong that it and that was my approach to trying to make things easy i must be doing it wrong if it's not easy and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy then yes and we've been talking tangibles and we've been talking money but i and it is a tangible i'm not going to say it's not tangible because it is a tangible I'm not, I don't get mad. I don't get triggered. I don't get angry. I don't get frustrated. I might be confused for a second because that's my subconscious trying to stop me, but I don't, I'm just so much calmer. I'm not all, Erin, it gets easier and easier, okay? Now that's not the case for everyone. There are people who, are multimillionaires and you know have you know multiple millions turning over in their business where it's not easy okay where it feels like there's a monkey on their back and it's just sheer will. that's not who i wanted to be in my business yeah exactly right? yeah i already did that in corporate i could have stayed in corporate and made a lot of money if i wanted to be that person yeah yeah i love it i freaking love it so what has surprised you the most about this journey I think some of the surprises have been around. It just, I mean, that it's so much and I've said it for so long that the, that it really is who you need to be. Because I've been such a heavy action taker, such a heavy tactic person. In the beginning, it felt very intangible. And how in the world could a quantum leap be based on something so intangible? And yet doubling going from 60 to 120, that's a quantum leap going from 120 to 240 or even 300, you know, 300 even 240. 
quantum leap. And even going from 11 to 60, I, I get that you were starting on a, on a very low you know, baseline there. <laughs> it's still a, for, for, for that level, that's a, a quantum leap. So um, let's, let's dive in there a little bit because I often get confused out there in the world as a life coach, okay? It drives, it's one of my bugaboos. It drives me crazy because I go in and I work on people's business models and I dive in on exactly like, this is the new cause you need to put in effect and here's how you need to grow your team and all that sort of stuff. So we've been doing a lot of conversation about the who you need to be part, which is so essential, okay? Which is 80%, inner game is 80%, okay? But can you talk about some of the, I mean, you're very good in and of yourself on your own around looking at how to, how to grow and scale a business, okay? But what are some of the things as part of the work we've done that have shifted how you approach that maybe? I think the complication. I think one of the big takeaways from a business side, because I have a big marketing background, because I have a big corporate background, um, how do you keep, what's the most direct path to the outcome? Yeah. Not what is, you know, not that there's not time for, I don't even want to say complicated, but not that there's not the right time for multiple step situations, but that it doesn't always have to be that way, that there's just as many direct opportunities that we look past. And that for me, that goes back to, you know, the whole hard work. So if it's worth it, it must be complicated. If it's worth it, if it's worth it, it must be hard. Yeah. So the simplification of, of the model. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. That. What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Um, sticking with it. And from a tangible side, I have been on occasion, you know, I know your quantum leap story of going from 130 to 700. And I have, of course, made myself wrong by not having done that, right? But at the same time, in the business I'm in, to make $60,000 in your first eight months is virtually unheard of. And to continue to double that two times and then is virtually unheard of and not staying stuck. One of the biggest compliments, and, and I received it from a different mentor, but then you've iterated it in other ways. I think one of the things I'm most proud of is how coachable I am. Yes, that's a huge piece because you're, here's, the, here's the thing that I see a lot of super smart women like get in trouble with. It's like, I know this already. I, I got it. I understand. Well, if you got it, you got the result you want. And that was the, my big wake up call. Like I thought I was all that and more and was flipping my hair back and, you know, all of that. And when I started my, you know, equivalent journey, I was like, I am going to be a hundred percent coachable. And I still am. I still get my, like, I am part of a high level, like higher, like these, these, and they're mostly dudes. I have to say, I'm, I'm one of a few women in, in this, but they're like making hundreds of millions of dollars, $40 million, $20 million, $60 million, you know, a year. Like, and, you know, I get on these calls and we mastermind and they, 
they're like, sweetheart. They don't, never call me sweetheart. <laughs> they're all incredibly great guys. Um, but like, this is how it works. And I am a hundred percent coachable. Like, and, and one of the tricks, which I think you do pretty well that, and it's not a trick. It's a, it's a um, way of being okay. But you could call it a secret to success because many people do not do this, but I, I, I don't hold back. You guys, I share it on, I think every single podcast. Okay. I make quick decisions. So I was on uh, a quick coffee get together over zoom yesterday and uh they were asking me about what was going on with a certain something in my 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 business and there was like a vote right like I'm, and and it was like this is how you do it and i was like okay done it's done and within a half an hour of getting off that call it was done like i i put that in motion and it you know, someone else would have taken, you know, I can't, I can't look at that for another few weeks, or it needs to have this kind of evaluation. And I was like, actually, six of the brightest people I know, just all agreed. I'm not going to think I'm all that and more. And I've been doing that for years. I look to people who have done what I want to do, just as you said, you did with me, right. And, and I followed their advice. I, I don't turn off my critical thinking, but I turn right. off my, I have to know in advance. I have to be already there. That, like if I was already there, I'd already be there, but I, I'm not. So what do they know that I don't know? Let's execute on that. Well, and the other thing that you do, the other half of that, and that it's been pointed out to me that I also do, and Piper, who we know used a really cute way of saying this, I use my business as a laboratory. Mm, yeah. So when I, I make quick decisions because one, I know that I'm going to do the work so that it works, you know, make the decision and make the decision right. But also it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work. Yeah. I will learn something if it doesn't work and I will fix <laughs> something if it doesn't work. Do you think you were born slash brought up with that trait or did you learn that more recently in business? I think for me, it, I've been, yes, I have parents and yes, they gave me a house. So this is not like going down the poor parent path. I've, I'm a child of the eighties. I have been working four days a week since I was 13 years old. Nobody taught me how to survive. I was always expected to. And what that's done for me is given me the confidence to know I will never not be okay. Right. It just does. It's not an option. It just doesn't happen. And that gives me a little bit of bravery that I know there's no like, oh my God, we're all going to die version of this. Cause I'll never get that far. Yeah. You're willing to take the risk because you know that you're resilient and that you'll always, you know, come through. And, and to your point, you called that your year of failure at the beginning of the show, but really that was your year of temporary defeat because failure is only, I mean, I'm, I'm right. words here, but failure is only failure if you quit and you're not a quitter, which brings me to my last question. Okay. okay. But first, before, before we go to the last question, tell our audience where they can find you and okay. how to connect with you on social and all those good things. Awesome. So Aaron Marcus, I promise I'm not hiding the other Aaron Marcus is a doctor. So that one's not me. Um, conquer your business is the name of my business. So it's Aaron at conquer your 
And on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's all Aaron Marcus, Conquer Your Business. I promise I'm not hiding. Okay, great. I love it. Um, so what makes you an unstoppable woman? That is my last question that I always ask people. I, I just don't give up. I just really don't give up. There, you know, going back to the first time you and I had a private coaching session and you sent me a survey and there was 800 questions to answer, right? And the last question was, what if this doesn't work? There were and I looked at it and I'm like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> what do you mean? What if it doesn't work? You just keep trying until it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that question, and they're not 800 questions. <laughs> it felt like it at the time. I'm like, I don't know these things. That's where I was at. Right. You were a little challenged by answering a handful of questions, but there were not 800 questions. But that last question is like, when everything appears to be falling apart, what makes, you know, prove to me that you're going to do the course, right? Because the, the truth is, that it's going to look like things are falling apart because you are going from where you were to where you need to be. And you don't have, you don't yet have the perspective, identity, self-image of that woman at the level that you need to be at. And so you're seeing everything as falling apart, but it's really just growth. It's I could growth. never have done, right. I could have never have done what I've done in the last two years, two and a half years, if 2018 hadn't been what it was. Yeah, it would, you wouldn't have had enough leverage over yourself. I wouldn't have had enough knowledge or information and drive and fed upness to make a totally different way of being. Yeah, I freaking love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I wanna reflect that you are, and I started off this, the show this way, totally unstoppable, complete badass. She's gone through so many terror barriers and challenges and all sorts of things. And, and in this show, in, in our conversation here, you've been really vulnerable and open about what that actually looks like on the ground, because it's not, it's not um, for the faint of heart. And you, you really shared some powerful lessons. And I hope everyone listening um, takes away a ton, ton of nuggets and is super, super appreciative of this amazing woman, Erin. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Hey there. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that episode. If you're ready to take it to the next level and want to make your income breakthrough, then I am personally inviting you to join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. It is happening November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And I would love to have you there, especially if you're someone who is high achiever, but hitting a block. I want to show you how to master your marketing, master your mindset, and master scaling your business and growing it to the next level. This is a three-day immersive event. I will be the only one teaching you, and you'll get me for three full days. This is the place that people make their breakthrough, and I would hate for you to miss it, and I would love for you to be there. So please check it out at joinamiralive.com, and I'll see you there.